0: You are tuning in to the True North Church podcast. Our prayer is that you would be inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more information about True North Church, please visit us online at truenorthak.org. My, my name's Mark, and I'm one of the pastors here, and I have the opportunity to, to preach today. We're in a series called The Miracle of Mercy, and, and uh, I... I just I've enjoyed this series. If you're in a life group, you've been in a home and you've been unpacking some uh, the, the similar topics. Uh, a Rick Warren's series called Miracle of Mercy," that he did a, a, the video series on, and then we're, we, uh, we're preaching on on Sunday mornings here. Um, today we're talking about forgiveness. And, and I know this is more therapy for me. it's the catharsis, because I'll talk about my challenge with unforgiveness. As you guys look at me and judge me because you've never challenged, you've never dealt with unforgiveness in your entire life, probably right? No, you're like no. We we all kind of have some challenges ourselves. In fact, a couple of years ago, my uh, how many guys like ten years ago now, maybe twelve or so. How many guys ever downloaded that game called Angry Birds? Anyone here ever play Angry Birds? Any Angry Bird players in this house? Anyone during church ever go like pastors born? I can just like, you know. Um, well, I, you know, I downloaded it one time, and I realized, that's a little addictive. And then I, you know, the, I, I uh, and then, but I, it all came, to, like, about a decade ago now, my younger daughter, she's 13 now, so she'd have been uh, three or four back then, maybe it was nine years ago. She comes and says, Dad, I want a pillow pet for Christmas. You guys remember pillow pets? It was another way for people who do stuffed animals to rebrand it and sell a whole lot more. But my daughter says, Dad, I want an Angry Bird pillow pet." And I thought, no. I'm not gonna let my daughter fall asleep on a suicidal bird. <laughs> and if you're like, I've never seen Angry Birds. If you've never seen Angry Birds, ask, a, ask your neighbor or someone near you or a grandchild or a teenager to ask what Angry Birds is. It's a game where uh, the, the big idea is there's pigs and there's chickens, or there's birds, not chickens, there's birds. And the pigs uh, stole the, chi- the birds' eggs. And the birds are so angry, they become, they, 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 in their anger, they try to tear down and demolish and kill the birds, or the pigs. And I think what happened is there was a big church breakfast somewhere. And the pigs were asked to bring breakfast. And they realized, if we give breakfast, we die. If we steal eggs, we can give breakfast and live. I think that's what happened. I don't know. Uh, but the premise is the birds are so mad that their eggs were stolen that they forget their birds. Follow me here. And I think sometimes in our unforgiveness and anger, we can forget who we are and we begin to operate. In, uh, uh, and become something we're not supposed to be. Now, let me explain that. So the birds are so angry that they forget their birds because birds can lay another egg. But they don't lay any more eggs. They get angry that their eggs were stolen. And so rather than going, God's mercies are new every morning. Let's lay another egg. Let's forget about the past. Let's, let's turn our, let's, let's, not, let's not stare at our past. Let's, 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 you know, instead, instead of stare at the future, they stare at their past. We're angry. We're, and so, and th- so they don't lay another egg. And then they forget they can fly. And they build slingshots. And then we download them and, and, and pull back the slingshots and project them into their death. And I wonder how many of us realize or forget that we're designed by a forgiving God who's given us forgiveness, and He wants us to offer that to people beyond us. So we're in this series called The Miracle of Mercy. We're talking about, today, forgiveness. Forgiveness is a side of Mercy. And one day, Jesus and his disciples, the, the disciples asked him, hey, Lord, teach us to pray. And so he taught them what we call the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, daily bread for daily needs. And it goes on and says this, and, and, and help us to forgive, uh, and forgive us of our sins and forgive us, for, help us forgive our trespassers, those who have trespassed against us. Jesus was teaching his disciples there's two sides to forgiveness. If forgiveness was a coin, one side is the forgiveness we receive. Anyone love the fact that you've received forgiveness from God? How many you thankful that there's, it doesn't matter what you've done? Here's what I love about God. God knows everything about us, and he still loves us. So wrap your mind around that one for a second. He knows Everything about us, every sin we've ever done, thought, thought about, thinking about, and doing, and he still loves us. He's forgiven us. That's one side of forgiveness, is the forgiveness that God gave us that set us free, that set the captives free and releases the oppressed. That forgiveness. And then the other side of forgiveness is the forgiveness I give to those who trespass against me. To be human is to be hurt. There are people that are going to hurt you. There are people that are going to offend you. Anyone here ever been offended? Anyone here ever been offended by me? Yeah, every time I come, Pastor. Thanks. You know, I have two jobs. Comfort the afflicted and afflict the comforted. (laughs) But I, I want to talk about the two sides of forgiveness today. Um, and again, we, with the text we're going to draw from and look at is in Matthew chapter 6. It says, forgive us our sins as we've forgiven those who sinned against us. We're going to talk about the two sides of forgiveness, the two sides of mercy. And again, mercy is love and action. Mercy is. And so how do we extend mercy, love and action to other people? And part of that is because we give undeserved forgiveness and we give undeserved and unearned kindness. That's what we do because that's what God has done for us. So let's look at God's side. Number one, two sides of biblical forgiveness. Number one, mercy means God forgives me. Anyone thankful that God has forgiven them? We have to remind ourselves that God has forgiven us. There's four aspects or four things I want to look at when it comes to God's forgiveness. What does that mean? Number one, God wants to forgive me. God actually wants to forgive me. God came to earth to forgive us of our sins. The greatest step in human history was not when Neil Armstrong stepped out of a spaceship onto the moon. That was not one small step for mankind, one human, whatever that quote is. The greatest step in human history was not when Neil Armstrong stepped onto the moon. The greatest step in human history was when God wrapped himself in flesh and came through earth through the Virgin Mary, was born on planet earth, bled red like all of us, Put his pants on one leg at a time like us. Had a chance to be offended. Just, and he chose to come. Why? To seek and save those who are lost. Lost what? In our sin. And he, he wants to forgive us. It's not like I have a six-year-old foster son and an eight-year-old son. And, and uh, I, we've learned oil and water live in my house. And there's times my, my boys don't exactly see eye to eye. And there's times I say, Fulton, you tell Tristan you're sorry. And I have them stand together. I've, I've made them hug each other. Has anyone done that. Back when I was a kid, my mom would say, tell your brother you love him. No. Hug him. No. And then we, they'd make us hug, and we're like, we're laughing and tickling each other through the hug, right? But look, and, and, and so look at him. And, 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 and she, he goes, and he's like, I'm I'm sorry. And they won't look at him. God is not in heaven twisting his son's arm like, look at him and tell him you love him. Tell him you forgave him. He wants to forgive us. God wants to forgive us. In Nehemiah chapter 9, I love Nehemiah's comment about God. You are a God of forgiveness. Now, here's the deal. In the church world, there are people that travel all over the world to go to a healing conference and a miracle conference and a prophetic conference and all of that. And I'm all for that. But I'll tell you right now, the greatest aspect of God is not the fact that God has power and God has prophetic gifts and God has all those things. God is a God of forgiveness. You are a God of forgiveness. Always ready always ready to pardon you're gracious and merciful slow to become angry and full of love and mercy god is a god of forgiveness and he's always anyone thankful he's always ready to forgive us when we sin he's always ready the second thing is god freely forgives us doesn't cost us anything he freely gives, forgives us sin. In, in Romans, I love what Paul said in Romans, all of us have sinned. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you right now, you're a sinner. Look back at your neighbor and say, actually he's talking about me because I'm a sinner. We're all sinners. All. It says, it, it, it says all of us have sinned, yet now, God declares us not guilty of offending him if we trust in Jesus who freely, say freely, freely takes our sins away. We are saved by something called grace. And grace is the free gift of mercy that doesn't hold us accountable for offending him through sin. That we are saved by grace through faith, not by works or earning salvation, but simply because we, we, we've asked him to forgive us and he freely has forgiven us. I don't know about you, but who the son sets free freely should be is free indeed. Thirdly, God immediately forgives me. Immediately. God is merciful and quick to forgive. It's not like he's going, well, let's just see how long they last this time. Uh, There's some of us in here, I'm going to try God and see if he works. No, we don't try God to see if God works. We try broccoli, we try asparagus, we try anchovies on our pizza. We don't try God. We commit to him, and he freely forgives us and immediately forgives us. It's immediately. And And then lastly, D, God completely forgives me. In, 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 uh, in Colossians, I used this verse once I, I, I did a jail service In Breckenridge, Colorado I interned in Colorado when I was in Bible college And so I'm in college, and, and, and I do a jail service in Breckenridge County Jail A sweet jail in case you ever want to get Picked up somewhere <laughs> Breckenridge is a high-end Ski area, so I'm there And there's a jail service, and I go in there And I'd prepared my three points And, and my first point was, you're all in jail They looked at me like you're an idiot. You're all in jail. Number two, God paid the bail. And number three, he wiped your record clean. Because listen listen what it says in Colossians. God forgave all our sins. In other words, we're all in jail. We, uh, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. God, God forgave our sins. He canceled. Say Canceled. He canceled the record that contained the charges. He dropped the charges. The moment, see the devil's the accuser of the brethren. The devil's up in heaven. The devil tries to accuse us of all we've done. And God goes, I canceled the charges, dude. I nailed those suckers to the cross. He goes on, and says he canceled the charges against us. He took it and destroyed it. By nailing it to the Christ's cross. God has completely forgiven us. He's, in fact, the Bible says he takes your sin and separates it as far as the east is from the west. God has forgiven us. He buries it in the depths of the sea. Some you need to realize you are no longer a slave to sin. You're a son and daughter of the Most High God. And, 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 and who the Son sets free, there is freedom. And you're completely forgiven. You can't earn it. Can't do enough small groups, enough classes, serve enough. It's free. It's complete. And the Bible says mercy triumphs over judgment. That's the part of forgiveness that's easier to preach about. This next part's the part that includes you and me. The human element. So I want to talk about what's it look like for us to extend mercy to other people. What's it look like for us to forgive other people. And I want to walk you through a quiz. And I'm going to go ahead and answer it here in, uh, uh, on the platform for y'all. But if you have it on your worship guide, it'll be on the screen up here too. A person uh, uh, should, not be, uh, should not be forgiven until he or she asks for it. False. Forgiveness isn't dependent upon anyone else's response. Forgiveness is when we... In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, God said He's given us a ministry of reconciliation. And reconciliation is when we don't hold men's sins against them. They don't have to ask us for forgiveness. We choose to forgive them anyway, we release it. Number two, you haven't really forgiven until you've forgotten the offense. How many of you want to know? There's some things people won't forget. I've met enough, I youth pastored for years. And I, I remember I got to this church in Tacoma, Washington and this girl's name was Kylie and Kylie came to my office and she was at the Christian school there and they, 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 they had her come to my office for some pastoral counseling. It's my second day on the job and she begins to cry and tell me how her dad wrote a suicide letter, parked his car by the Narrows Bridge in Tacoma, Washington by Gig Harbor and, and, and faked his suicide off the Narrows Bridge and they never found his body only for him to show up six years later and do a second mortgage on the house and ruin the family financial and took off again she's in my office and she can't forget that you don't have to forget someone or something to forgive them and when I talk about forgiveness there might be a depth of pain inside of you to say Mark there is some hurt that happened in my life because of abuse Or or some situations that happen where people violated your privacy and your boundaries, and there's some pain associated with that. But God still can help give you the grace to let go. Not forget. Forgiving includes minimizing the offense and the pain. No. Forgiveness does not mean you minimize what happened. It happened, and it was real, and it hurt, and there's pain that was caused. And you don't have to minimize that to forgive someone. Forgiveness is when you, 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 you act, when you forgive. We'll, we'll talk more about that. Forgiveness, number four, is restoring trust and reuniting re, re, relationships. No. There are some people that you need to forgive, but that doesn't mean you'll ever have a friendship with a relationship with them again. does not mean friendship. does not mean restore trust. It means you forgave them. And lastly, when I see someone hurt, it's my duty to forgive the offender. Listen, if I see someone else hurt, it's God's duty to forgive that person, not my duty. It's the offended, it's the offender's duty to forgive the person that offended them, not my duty. They didn't do anything to me. The problem in America, apart not, not the problem, the problem in America today. Um, listen, friends. There are too many people in our culture today that pick up the offense of someone else as theirs. And now they feel like they have the right to be angry, full of hate, bitter, tear things down. We become angry birds and our egg was never stolen. Right? Forgiveness is not you forgiving someone who hurt someone else. We have enough problems for forgiving the person, the people that have hurt us. Let's not try to be Jesus for other people. Jesus is Jesus and we're not him. And, and, and so the, the, the truth of all of those is false. So, so what is forgiveness? Let's look at what four ways we can show mercy. Four ways the Bible teaches about forgiveness. Because I think there's some thoughts we think sometimes, well, this is what I'm supposed to do. Well, let's look at what the Bible says. Number one, forgiveness is not Conditional. Well, I'll forgive them, Mark, if they come and ask me to forgive them. I'll forgive them when when when, when I, I can see they've changed. Well, I'll forgive them when it doesn't happen again. Or I'll, I'll forgive them uh, 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 when they earn the forgiveness. Friends, it's not conditional. People may never ask you to forgive them. You don't, you still forgive them. In Ephesians 4, it says, "Forgive one another quickly, say quickly, and thoroughly, as Christ forgave you, quickly and thoroughly." There, there's a story uh, of someone named Corey Tenboon. and Cory Ten boone and found herself in Holland, her family became a safe haven for Jews, they escaped uh, from Germany, escaped the Holocaust, only for their family to be found out and for the Germans to take them back to Germany to prosecute them. And they put uh, Cory's family in a concentration camp. And she, uh, uh, after her, her sister died in the concentration camp she was at, they'd separated the family members. And she watched her sister slowly die. And uh, after the war, she's preaching. And, and here's an excerpt from that she wrote regarding forgiveness. And I want to read it. I don't typically spend time to read through multiple paragraphs, but I believe the story is so apropos for today's conversation. She writes, I was in a church in Munich, and I saw him, a bald and a balding, heavy-set man in a gray overcoat, a brown felt hat clutched between his hands. People were filing out of the basement room where I had just spoken. It was 1947, and I'd come from Holland to a defeated Germany with the message that God forgives. And that's when I saw him working his way forward against the others. One moment I saw the overcoat and the brown hat, the next... A, a blue uniform and a visor cap with skull and crossbones. I saw both. I, I had flashbacks. It came back to me with a rush: the huge room at the concentration camp called Ravensbrook, which is it, it, which its harsh overhead lights and pathetic pile of dresses and shoes in the center of the floor. The shame of walking naked past this man. The man who was making his way forward had been a guard, one of the most cruel guards. Now he was in front of me, his hand thrust out a fine message, ma'am, miss, it's, it's frowning, but I think I'm mispronouncing it right. Is that right? Frolin? Close enough. How good it is to know as you say that our sins are at the bottom of the sea, and I who had spoken so glibly of forgiveness, fumbled in my pocketbook rather than take his hand. He would not remember me, of course. How could he remember one prisoner among thousands of women? But I remembered him, the leather crop swinging from his belt. He was, I was face to face with one of my captors, and my blood seemed to freeze. You mentioned Ravensbrook in your talk as, I was, as, you, as, he, as he was saying... I was a guard there, no, I don't think he remembered me, but I remembered him. But since that time, he he went on, I've become a Christian, I know that God has forgiven me for the cruel things I did there, but I'd like to hear it from your lips as well. Again the hand came out, will you forgive me? I stood there, I whose sins had again and again been forgiven and could not forgive. My sister Betsy had died in that place. Could he erase her slow, terrible death simply by asking? It could not have been many seconds that he stood there with his hand held out, but it seemed like hours as I wrestled with the most difficult thing I had ever had to do. For I had to do it. I knew that. I knew it it was not only a, a commandment of God, but also a daily experience. Since the end of the war, I had a home in Holland for victims of Nazi brutality. And those who were able to forgive their former enemies were also able to return to the outside world and rebuild their lives, no matter what their physical scars were. But those who nursed the bitterness remained invalids. It was as simple and as horrible as that. Still, I stood there with a coldness clutching my heart, but forgiveness is not an emotion. I knew that too. Forgiveness is an act of the will and the will I can function regardless of the temperature of my heart. Jesus, help me, I prayed silently. Help me lift my hand. And she said, I can lift my hand, I can do that much. Would you supply the feeling, God? So woodenly, mechanically, I thrust my hand into the one outstretched to me. And as I did, an incredible thing took place. The current started in my shoulder. It raced down my arm. It sprang into the joined hands. Then the healing warmth seemed to flood my whole body, my whole being. Beginning t- tears began to fill my eyes. I forgive you, brother, I cried out with all my For a long moment, we grasped each other's hands, the former guard and the former prisoner. I've never known God's love so intensely as I did then. The former guard and the former prisoner. Now, here's the thing. I can read a story like that and you go like, yeah, what happened at work wasn't that big a deal compared to what she walked through. So I guess if she can forgive, I better forgive. We don't forgive because of a story like that. We forgive because of a story like this. For God so loved the world that he gave. And because of his forgiveness, it's not conditional, we forgive. We forgive. I love what she says. It's an act of the will. Because my feelings weren't feeling like they should do it. It's, it's not conditional. Secondly, the second thing is forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Now here's what's, here's what's unique. How many want to know men and women are different? I know that's news to some of you today. But how men and women forgive is different. And I didn't, I, I'd heard this before, but now that I have two boys in the house, and I have, I've had, and my wife's not here, so I can share this freely today. She's on College Road. Leading worship over there. Um, But uh, men forgive by forgetting. Like, my boys, they'll they'll be wrestling, upset with each other, and we'll say, say, you're sorry. They say, we're sorry. And And the next moment, they're like, right next to each other watching a YouTube video. It's like, how did they go from war to peace? Oh, but not Ladies. Women for, don't forgive by forgetting. That's why when a guy says, let's forget about it, we actually have already moved on and forgot about it. <laughs> Women aren't like men. I used to watch this with my teenage daughters. They'd have a friend and they'd be like really tight. I mean, they would FaceTime all night long. They would talk. I mean, they're like close. Like they'd spend, they, they lived almost at our house or my daughters at their house until one of them got offended and hurt. I'm never gonna talk to So It's like, oh yeah, wait five days. And five days later, they're sleepovers again, they love each other. Women, men forgive by forgetting. Women forgive by remembering. So guys, when you say, let's forget about it, you actually forgot about it. But your wife or your friend, it takes them a little longer to remember why they loved you in the first place. <laughs> They've forgiven you. They've forgiven you, but they can't remember why they loved you yet. <laughs> but they will. Give them some time. Okay? Forgiveness is not forgetting. Nowhere in the Bible is forgiveness forgetting. In fact, I, 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 uh, in 2 Samuel chapter 13, there's a story. Where David's daughter, Tamar, um, his stepbrother falls in love with, and, and is lovesick for this woman. Actually rapes her. And because of that, she never could get married and she was desolate and whatever. And when Absalom found out that his stepbrother slept with his sister, he was angry. He was mad. And so he actually at some point killed his stepbrother. And what's profound about this story is that for, for three years, David wept bitterly over the loss of his son that was killed. But after three years, he told his, he told his guards, he says, help me find Absalom because my heart burns to see him again. took three years for him to get past the pain to a place where he wanted to see his brother, son again. And I'm convinced, see, we don't forget um, but but if, uh, write this down. It's not in your notes, but forgiveness is three things. Number one, it's an act of the will. You choose to do it because it's right, it's biblical, it's an act, it's not a feeling. That's why you can say, I forgave them. How come, how come when they walked by or said something again, it brought back all the feelings that I felt before I forgave them? Because feelings aren't a forgiveness, it's an act of the will. It's not a feeling, it's not an emotion. It's an act. Number two, it's a process. It takes a while to process it until number three, it's a state. It's a state of forgiveness where you could talk about the event and it doesn't doesn't relive the pain of the event. There's some healing that's happened now and you feel bad about what happened. You've moved on. You feel bad for the other person even. It could be perhaps, but it doesn't mean you're friends, but you act a process and a state. And, and, and so here's David. David writes, you know, forgive someone thoroughly and quickly. But then he's telling P- Timothy, one of his spiritual sons, he's talking to him about Alexander. He says, Alexander, the meadow worker, did me a great deal of harm. He hurt me. And then he says this, the Lord will repay him for what he's done. So he's telling a young preacher, he says, listen, this guy named Alexander really hurt me. He hurt me bad. I haven't forgotten what he did. He's forgiven him. Why? He's like, because I've given him over to God, and God will deal with Alexander. Forgiveness is when, it doesn't mean you forget. It means you've handed that person over to God for God to do the rest of his work on the person's life. Forgiveness is not forgetting. But let's go on the verse it says this. You too should be on guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. So, Timothy's a young preacher and he says, But be careful because Alexander did me a lot of harm. And I'm convinced that you guard against him because he strongly opposes what you do. In other words, number three, if you're taking notes, it's on the screen here. Number three, it's in the worship guide. Forgiveness is not necessarily trusting. I've forgiven Alexander, but I don't trust him. And I don't think you should trust him with what you're doing. And, and he's coaching a young preacher. He see, but I've handed him over to God and God's going to do his work. But forgiveness doesn't equal trust. If someone slams your hand in the door, you can forgive him for slamming your hand in the door. But it doesn't mean you have to trust them to open the door for you again. Forgiveness and trust are two separate things. And so, there are some of you in here, because of the depth of the pain of what happened... And, and, and the pain of the situation it doesn't mean you'll ever probably trust the person and that's okay that doesn't mean you didn't forgive them it might mean you have a brain in your head that says I don't know if I should trust this person again forgiveness isn't forgetting forgiveness isn't trusting number four forgiveness is releasing it or them to God that's what forgiveness is forgiveness is releasing it to God. Paul also, in the Colossian church, said this. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. It's releasing it. You know, it, it's, it's letting go. If, if this water bottle here represents my, my, the hurt that happened to me and, and, and the situation that happened Forgiveness, uh, uh, and this represents the the offense. The offender offended me, and this represents the offense. Forgiveness is letting go. I choose to release them and this to God. I'm not going to count men's sins against them. I'm going to reconcile. It means I'm going to let go. It's an accounting term. It means I'm going to release them of the debt. And there's that story in in, in the Gospels where someone owed someone a lot of money that was an unforgivable debt, and he was forgiven, only for him to be thrown in jail because he couldn't forgive a small debt someone else owed him. We're called to forgive. Forgiveness is letting go, it's an act, it's a process, and it's a state. The challenge is this don't be like an angry bird where someone offended you, they hurt you, they stole your proverbial egg. And you you can't get past that offense. And so your whole life now is built around how do I get back at the person that took some aspect of my life that I can't get back. You can't get it back. But when you stare at your past, you've got your back to your future. It's never too late. to to forgive it's never too late to begin again it's never too late to say his mercies are new every morning great is his faithfulness to us and when Jesus taught his disciples how to pray he said "And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us we all have a task church and that's to forgive the people who hurt us I don't know if some of you have some open bank accounts that need to be reconciled. that people owe you debts and you know exactly what the debt is. And here's how you know that could happen. If the story is as fresh and real today as it was last week or last year or two years or three years or five years, you haven't forgiven. Let go. Let God begin to heal. It's an act. It's a process. It's a state. This is what I found helpful for me. Couple things. I I've I chose to pray for people that have hurt me, not pray upon people. P R A Y, not P R E Y. When the pain comes up, Lord, I pray. The God says, "Bless those who curse you, and pray for those who mistreat you." Pray for people, not pray upon people. Pray blessings over them. Choose uh, and, and God. Another verse in, in the. Uh, one, of the, one of the epistles says, God's love surpasses knowledge. If this podium represents everything I know about a hurtful situation, and I can point back to this is what happened, this is what they said, and this is what they did, God's love, this is God's, I choose to throw God's love past what I know about someone and know. So, God, I don't have the strength, but would you give me the strength to forgive this person so I can be healthy? and whole, and I can extend mercy like I've received mercy. Amen. It's my prayer for y'all. Now maybe you're here today, you're online watching, and maybe you're far from God. Maybe you need to receive the mercy of God. Maybe you're at a place where you're like, you mean God can forgive me? He'd be thorough and quick to forgive of all my stuff. God knows everything about us, and He loves us. If you're here today, and you're listening online, and you're far from God, and you, you, you've lost a, a, your path with God, or you've never begun a relationship with God. We always say it here at True North a, a simple way, and I do it because I want everyone to know how they can share their faith with their friend. It's as easy as A, B, C, A. Admit you've sinned. We've all sinned. We've all offended God with our lifestyle, choices, actions, words, thoughts. A, admit. B, believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross to forgive us of our sins. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whosoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Outside of a relationship with Jesus, we're all going to perish of our earthly life, but more than that, we'll we'll spend eternity separated from God. A admit, B believe, and C confess. Confess Jesus as the Lord of your life. If you've never done that, I'd like to pray with you. Bow your heads and close your eyes here in the auditorium, online. Just pray this prayer sentence. I pray it out loud. Dear Jesus. Today, I admit I've sinned, and I believe that you died on the cross to forgive me. Please forgive me for my sins today. Please be my Savior and my life leader, and help me serve you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. What a fantastic service. Be sure to stay in touch by following us on social media so you can stay up to date with all that is happening at True North Church.